G'day listeners and welcome back to another episode of the Matter Mentality Podcast where we talk all things training, nutrition and uh, physiology to help you understand and optimize your performance. Today I'm joined by another very special guest and now very good friend. We've recently connected over at the uh, Coaches Catalyst Supercoach Summit but is now a colleague across the pond. I'm joined by Arim Gregorian. Jesus, it's early here. Bear with me. I'm catching up. How are you doing, brother? You're in the future. This is very trippy. <laughs> what, is, what is the future like? I feel like right now, like you're like Arnold Schwarzenegger and Running Man. Hey, we, we get we get New Year's before you guys do. We're going to tell you whether we make it to the end of the year or not. I know. I'm just, wait, whatever catastrophe happens in Australia, just make sure you let me know first so I can plan for it. Because I am very near the ocean. So anything, any <laughs> water rising level, just let me know. <laughs> if the comet hits our way first, just let us know and we'll pass it on. By that point, you'll be dead, but at least you'll be able to save lives. Exactly. I'll go out a hero, right? We'll just go out swinging. How did you save so many people? Well, Ben Mayfield-Smith was able to let me know that there was a title, <laughs> title wave coming. He's very much gone. He posted but to his you... Instagram story. He saved a few people, but he's out. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> You're not going to live very long anyway. Exactly. I'm just here to help people. That's it. Just That's do the it. best I can while I'm here. I want to check out at about 60, I think. <laughs> very very bleak conversation remember my dad said that to me one time he's just like he's like look if i make 75 i'm um, just be prepared I'm, I'm checking out and i was like oh, okay that's pretty funny he's like no 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 no. that's i'm going he's like i'm not yeah. sitting around waiting for someone to wipe my ass i'm like that's a fair chat if i get to the day where i can't do that myself yeah i don't know jay cutler said he couldn't wipe his ass for a while either though yeah, have you heard? Have you heard of all the different like? It's funny, like on the Bro Chat podcast, the bodybuilders like they'll all ask each other how they go to the toilet, and there's like all these different like one will have to lean, one sits up and stands forward, and one will stand to the. You're like, what the fuck is happening? I mean, I don't like. I want to. I want to be big, but I don't want to be like not be able to wipe my ass big. I was, to be honest, already in discomfort just flying an airline at my size. Yeah, that's true. I mean, and that's the thing is like. For an average human being, you're you're double the size. Yeah. Right. Like for, for an average man, but then in like bodybuilding and like in like pro bodybuilding speak, tiny, you're tiny. Yeah. And I, which makes me even smaller. So it's just it's funny like our fucked up body dysmorphia because yeah. women 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 always get credit for body dysmorphia. Yeah. But I think men we we as men don't get enough credit for it. Like we have the worst body dysmorphia because when you get big as a man. No woman recognizes it. It's just a mm. bunch of guys touching your biceps. The circle jack of dudes. It's just, it, there's no, like when I was young and I was like, man, I'm going to lift and I'm going to get all this attention from chicks. You got none of that. Yeah. Girls do not give a shit how many abs no. you have, how many bicep veins. The only thing you care about is like, hey man, did that guy notice my bicep vein? Yep. <laughs> it's a really sad state of affairs. It is. And that was actually like, uh, so like part of my degree is we've done um, like exercise, exercise psychology, sport, I'm in clinical and sports psychology at the moment. And some of the research is actually quite clear. Men dominate uh, the body image issue scene, if you will, if you refer to that field, because they categorize muscle dysmorphia and uh, muscle, uh, muscle mass dysmorphia as forms of body image. So under the category or umbrella of body image, men actually destroy it. Like we are by and large the winning field of like the, you know, like you said, we have that imagery issue around uh, women tend to have these issues and, you know, they're marketed to on social media, but dudes get absolutely effed in the A by it. 
Yeah, it's well. I walk into the guy. I work out at a bodybuilding gym here in San Diego, and there's a guy there that's probably six three, two seventy five, and probably seven eight percent body fat. I mean, this guy is huge, huge. And I walk by. And he looks at me like I'm twice his size. Like he starts to put his chin down. He gets all like yeah. rounded forward. Like he's like yeah. intimidated by me. I'm like, dude, you could snap me in half. Like I wish I looked <laughs> like you. But that's the that's and that's the mind fuck I think that it come, when it comes to like everybody's chasing this physique. Mm-hmm. Like everybody in the world is like, I want to look like this. Yeah. But it's like you have a Spider Man poster with great power comes great responsibility. So when you earn that physique, it's like buying that fucking new car. You're not going to drink coffee in it. You're going to wipe your yep. feet in it before. Like you have to, you end up honoring and micromanaging every little striation and every little yeah, imperfection. I'm, I'm not losing this. It, I'm keeping this. Yeah. Yeah. It just drives you crazy. It's like, it's almost easier to be average. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It, it actually, it, it upsets me sometimes when I see people not care. It's so like, I wish I could have that. I wish I could be that stage where I'm like, Man, I'd love to just walk around shirtless and not give a complete F. Like where we live here in Brisbane, we've got what's called South Bank, which is like this man-made beach section. Like it's kind of just like a a fostered beach environment they try to put in the city to make it more appealing and uh, travel destination. It's honestly just a bunch of water with kids peeing it, but you know, whatever, it's here or there. But you'd honestly just find like the middle of the city, busy days, and you'll just see like grown-ass men or like like adolescent men, shirts off, not caring titties out, not giving an absolute F and they're just chilling. And I'm like, I, I wish That's I could nice. do that, but I'm bigger than everyone here. And I'd immediately be like, Oh, I don't know. Yeah, like, it's free- I recognize it's- how unhealthy that is. But to me, it's funny. It's funny when you have a good relationship with it. And that's why I think like, you know, in our career, one of the most important concepts that we can ever teach anybody is the intention and the acceptance of the phase that they're in. Mm-hmm. Because I think so many people don't really understand what it is that the hell that they want. They say these things and they talk about physique and they talk about leanness. Mm -hmm. And then when they start actually driving down that road, they're like, ooh, this is a lot more work than I wanted. There's a lot more bumps in the road. There's a lot more distance than I wanted to travel. And maybe this isn't worth it. And for the few people that actually do make it all the way to the end of the road and they get to that destination, it's like, well, what do you do now? Yeah. Like I, and I haven't quite figured that out yet because I've I've been doing this for twenty five years and I and I thought I would be profoundly happier at each phase of development physically and I haven't been because it, it's it's because every day is not like no you're never gonna wake up and feel you're never gonna go to bed feeling as good as you did waking up right like it's always like I wake up I feel like I'm four percent body fat I look flat I look nice and 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 tone and everything's popping out and then after four meals and two workouts and a bunch of stress <laughs> I'm watery. I'm heavier, I'm bloated, my belly's distended, and I don't look anywhere near what I look like in the morning. And you're playing this game with yourself constantly. So like, well, I work with mostly women. So who better to resonate with women who feel like that daily because of hormonal fluctuation or phase of yeah. life than a man who's equally as insecure and equally <laughs> as body conscious? And that's <laughs> that's why I think I gravitate so well towards women. Because like, ladies, I know what you feel. Yeah, I get it. I know what it's like to, like, this is a large t-shirt. Sometimes I can't wear this because it doesn't make me feel good because it wraps around my love handles and I won't even put it on. Yeah. I mean, equal comparison. I've got shirts of different sizes, same branding, same logos on it because I know that at different phases of my training career, I go through ebbs and flows of like growth, cutting, growth, cutting. And I hate the feel of like an overly tight shirt. Like it just feels uncomfortable. Like back in the day, you're growing up and you're training like, oh, this is attached to my bicep. It's comfy. And now I'm like, I feel like a fuckwit. So like I'll get over I'll get like oversized or like larger shirts. So as I'm growing, I'll move into it because I don't want to feel that discomfort and like oh it just feels 
cliche and discomfort and cheesy and like, I'll put the bigger one on, start to cut, small one back on. But I've got like extra large up to like three extra large all for across different phases where I'm like, one day I'm going to need that shirt. I'll have it here ready to go. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's and a pretty, that's, that's a pretty uh, sad, sad. It's a pretty um, funny reflection when you put it in ways. Like imagine telling people just general like populations, like, Hey, because I know for a fact, I put on 20 kilos in my off season from stage weight. I have different shirts for different phases of my life. And they're just like, I'm just fat. I have a shirt. <laughs> I just, and I could barely fit into the shirt I do. And that, but that's, but that's like an important conversation to have with clients because Let's say you do get a, a woman who's brand new to lifting and she's got no muscle mass on her and you start getting her to strength train and hypertrophy train and she starts putting on muscle. If she loses zero fat, which is impossible, right? If you start training for hypertrophy and eating well, you probably will lose fat and recomp. Mm -hmm. But let's say in theory, you don't. So you're 150 and you put on five pounds of muscle. Now you're 155, but now the centimeters around those circumference areas have grown. Mm -hmm. Those jeans aren't going to fit the same way. The pants yep. aren't going to fit the same way. The shirts are not going to fit the same way. And that's very scary, especially for women, because they don't, they equate the growth to fat as opposed to muscle mass. Yes. And I understand what that feels like because it's like, well, yeah, I know I'm stronger cognitively because I know yep. all my lifts have gone up. I know that three months ago, I would never even touch the weight. And now I'm, you know, I'm overhead pressing 20 pounds, whereas before I was doing zero. So something must have happened, but it doesn't feel right. Yeah. Yeah, you and end it's up with a scary that with place that. to be. Yeah, exactly right. And you end up with that that almost like incongruence of like knowing I've I have i made this progress, but also it doesn't seem like it'll look like it, especially in that early phase where, you know, let's say you haven't somehow magically got that beginner gain body composition or recomposition. You're bigger and stronger. And we know that to get stronger generally means that after a period of time there's going to be an increase in muscle mass to get stronger. You're now stronger and bigger, but you're equating that, especially as a female, when you're pump with the whole you know just train your booty just train your legs have the thigh gap you know this is how you're supposed to look slim and, and fit and then you end up with like some muscle tone or some fluidy muscle mass surrounded by a bit of fat mass you're like oh now i'm just getting fat it's like well hang on six months ago you couldn't even touch a leg press and now you got 200 kilos on there i'm pretty sure that's not how muscle growth works you've you've gained muscle not fat but we've got to have that conversation so you understand the the distributions and the differences amongst the muscle mass skeletal mass fat mass and actually comprehend what that means or looks like but the nice thing about coaches like you and i is you and i will take that time to mm -hmm. spend that five or ten minutes explaining that problem whereas other coaches in the space will say nothing about it and say whatever keep going you haven't been following your plan they're not even looking at the feedback <laughs> a couple calories <laughs> and then what happens is is then people get a bad idea of coaching and they don't respect our space and they don't respect our field and it, and it makes us look like assholes because of the select few who make this business shitty i honestly think and i kind of said this in our in a, in in my chat over in um in in uh virginia when we're on the uh the coach catalyst stage if you're not in this industry to help people and you're in this industry to make money or you're in this industry to try and take money get out the fucking door because I'm sick and tired of having consults and conversations and almost like I'm at the point now sometimes where I just have free consults, not even to try and make a client, just to correct what they perceive. If you stay in my network or my funnel just because, and I use those words as loose marketing terms, but if you stay inside our, our network or our system and you just keep taking free information, but I've helped correct you mentally about those problems, I don't care. I'm happy with yeah. that. If, if it means you go get a better coach in the future or you find a coach in my network that you like or you want, hey, 
I know you don't do powerlifting, but I want to be powerlifter. I know you don't do strongman, but I want to be a strong woman. Cool. I know these people. I know like a hundred people that I trust and have vetted and will put you to like towards. It doesn't have to be me, but I would much rather have that consult to reconfirm or correct your perception of coaching from shitty experiences. It's just frustrating that we have to do it, right? Well, that's called integrity, Ben. And unfortunately, that's not something they teach at business seminars. Yeah, they, they don't exactly line that one up in PT courses. No, and it's you can't teach personality. You can't teach people how to establish rapport. You can't teach people to care. It's easy to teach somebody macros and calories yeah. and exercise fizz. These things are black and white. They have not changed in a thousand years and they won't change for the next thousand. I promise you that. You're going to come up with more bullshit and whatever else, but it's not going to make <laughs> it much of a difference, right? Like, and, and the things that they do find out will be so nuanced that most average people won't really need to deploy yes. them anyway. Yeah. Right. Like all, all the changes that occur within training and nutrition only apply to you and me. Yep. Like they apply to us because we're already so dialed in that we're looking for that little tiny extra edge. Exactly. For Mr. and Mrs. Jones, who have no idea how to put together a protein dense meal, who don't know where their lats are, who don't understand what a quadricep does as far as joint action, that person is not going to benefit from Andrew Huberman's light research. Like that person, <laughs> does, they don't need to go and like rub their feet into the grass. They need to know how to fucking grocery shop properly. Yes, a hundred percent. I, and, I, like as you would have heard in my chat, I get I get overly frustrated at the way we try to complicate and increase the complexity of coaching, when in 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 reality, it needs to be an inverse relationship where we simplify and simplify the complexity because so many people are already so far off. We're looking at like you know, we see it over here in Australia. It's really popular at the moment. We'll get a lot of evidence-based coaches and we use that term loosely because I don't really understand how to interpret the research. They'll, they'll make these claims about, you know, like of a general client, just they'll start someone up, even, even if there's someone starting a prep and they'll start talking about, you know, the optimal length range and how to work in the, in the optimal like length and position and partial reps. And we're working here and optimizing like carb cycling in this regard. It's like, well, hold on, hold on. You've got a person who wants to start a prep. That's cool. But they haven't even got down the basics of like, you know, because a lot of coaches, they'll just give macros and eventually start to walk to the, oh, you should probably include this. Well, if they're only at that point, they shouldn't even be in a fucking prep because the first six months are just going to be them learning to build a plate, build a meal, eat consistently to their training, know how to train hard, know how to lift correctly. Like all the recomposition they get in that zone and the things they get, that does, that's not for stage. That's just for them to know what the fuck's going on. Yet we drill home like these nuances and these finite details. It's like, well, this needs to be controlled at this specific percentage and range. Like 99% of my gen pop clients that start with me that we work towards the endeavor of body comp. I don't even give them RARs or RPEs because I just tell them to train fucking hard. Like just get in the gym and send it. If I keep you in reserve and you're already training in reserve, well, then you're just further away. You're not getting yeah. the stimulus I even want you to get. So what's the point? But it just seems to be this common commonality where every coach wants that edge to be the new fancy guy or the, you know, the, the wheel keeps spinning and they want to look like the, or change the wheel, reinvent it, look different. But 90% of their clients, 99% of their clients don't even benefit from it. The problem is, is that coaches are more concerned about what other coaches think of them. Yeah. Bingo. Right. It's like, it's like, am I creating content that like Ben is going to like, it's like, who the fuck cares? Yeah. Like, I don't need to create content to help you. You know what you're doing. Yeah. And I don't, I don't need, I mean, I think you're a fine gentleman, but I don't need your validation to tell me I'm a good coach. No. Right. Like I don't need you to comment on my post and be like, Oh, that was brilliant. 
Like I'm going to survive. My goal is to help the community that is underserved exactly. and being sold bullshit. So as a coach, if you're listening to this and you're wondering about how to create content, stop trying to validate yourself to coaches that are more experienced and better than you are. A, they don't care. Yep. And B, if they do care, they have way too much fucking time on their hands because they're, they're probably not as good Instagram. a coach as they say. Right. So like if you're sitting there having these heated comment debates about the Latin origin insertion, <laughs> and you're having debates on meal timing, you're missing the point of why you started in this business, which is yeah. to help the underserved end user who's being fed all this mountain of bullshit on a mm -hmm. daily basis. And that's what you're trying to distill. And uh, I mean, unless you've genuinely, like if you got to a level of coaching where, uh, you know, you're educating coaches and you are purely part of your branding and marketing is to other coaches because you're trying to upskill them, which is an inevitable ballpark for matter. We we tend to we want to head down that route because of these conversations that we recognize the shit. But even still, the 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 science to a good coach and educated individual to me is being able to take complexity and simplify. So most coaches are going to stand from a system or an education process that tells them simplify your fucking shit. Stop trying to overcomplicate. Stop trying to post content to dick flex to other coaches when you're all like it just ends up in a dick measuring contest where it's like, hey, you know my system is better than yours at getting the, the full range of motion out of the lat or the stretch position of the chest. And what, no, 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 no. Like, are you teaching clients? Or are you trying to circle jerk with other coaches? Because you can go on discord and do that. That's two different things, right? If we're trying to genuinely help the per the people that we've endeavored to help, then having the content and the information, the systems that will provide that to them is where we should be going. There's just in Australia, it's a $4 billion industry globally. It's in the billions of billions and we're trying to circle jerk with the 1% of other coaches who want to claim how smart they are. Like, isn't there enough here that we should be helping a larger audience? And again, we're not going to be reaching in each other's pockets. Like we're going to encourage you to share every piece of your business that you have, because I'm not worried about losing American clients because you're here to help. We're exchanging and sharing conversation that I don't even care if someone signs up, if they hear this conversation, they go, oh, I've learned something about coaching. I know what I'm, I'm, I'm looking for now, or I know something better fantastic go do that take it it's free that's the whole point of these conversations it's not trying to lure you into signing up right like we he'd actually help yeah the whole uh standing behind like the tree with a net just like waiting for the for the trap to be set it's it's selling has become so predatorial and it's become so slimy and grimy that i don't it, it, it we have to keep a roof over our head yeah like we're not this isn't charity work because we do have to make a living and i understand that but how much do you really need? Like, I live pretty lean. Mm -hmm. I know how much I need to pay my bills. Mm -hmm. I don't I don't need, I don't ever want to get to the point where I have five or 10 or 15 people on my staff and I'm mm -hmm. having this conglomerate of coaching and I don't even know who I'm signing up anymore. Like, I, that's not who I am. That's not where I ever want to be. So mm -hmm. I'm different. Like, I'm not very much driven by money because I've been surrounded my whole life and it doesn't do anything for me. Yeah. I need, I need like, it's almost like drugs, right? Minimal effective dose. Yeah. Give me the least I need to make yeah. me happy and fulfilled and I'll be happy and I'll be fine. Because at the end of the day, like everybody talks about work-life balance, but like when you're good at what you do, you don't have work-life balance because yeah. you do what you do all the time. Like, yes. I don't, like I'm not staying, I'm not, I'm not going to Starbucks in the afternoon and doing a photo shoot about how busy I am about being on my computer. Like I, I don't have the time to do that. <laughs> it's we just a, set up a tripod to look candid at Starbucks and everyone's like, <laughs> "Oh, it, it, I love it!" Like, and, or like now the trendy thing is coaches are talking about their schedule. 
in their stories. Oh, it's like yeah. 9 a.m. I get up and I and I do my morning routine and this Start is what your day it with me. And it's like, does anybody has that? How is that going to help the 48 year old perimenopausal woman lose fat? Yeah, she doesn't give a shit about your fucking morning routine as a 27 year old who lives yeah, at home. She's got with her three parents. kids, a full time job, and a shift working husband. Like, like, like you sitting at a Starbucks talking about how busy you are and how many tasks you've accomplished hasn't served her in any way, shape, or form. So My favorite like, is when get... those tasks are just things like wake up, get some sun, wipe your ass, <laughs> drink a glass of water. Like, bro, that's just an action list. That's not a fucking job for your job. There's times where my car doesn't start for three or four days. I freak, like I, I'll get in it and I have to like pop start it because of the the batteries die because I don't move <laughs> it out of my driveway because I don't go anywhere. I have a gym at my house now. Fuck I'm yeah. glued to the computer. I'm talking to clients all day. Yeah. I'm answering DMs. I'm creating Instagram posts. I'm thinking of how to promote my event. Mm -hmm. Like I don't I don't need to leave the house. Like I live in a beautiful place. I live in a place that's very similar to you, Southern California, seventy five degrees every day. I look like a fucking vampire because I don't get out in the sun. <laughs> like if you're if you're tan and your physique is amazing you probably suck at what you do like, <laughs> that's a <I'm> thumbnail <laughs> like i'm sorry like if you're a coach and you have and you're talking about how busy you are but you also have abs and you're also beautifully tan and then you talk about how amazing your weekends are there is zero percent chance that you could be serving your population that's a very fair correlation too I can't imagine you spending all that much time diagnosing people's problems or being available for that for them to be able to answer their questions because there's times where I'm afraid to go out or go out to dinner or do this or that because I know that somebody's in crisis. Like I, I, I mean, I have women who will call me and be like, "Hey, listen, like I got into a fight with my husband, and the kids are out of the house. I, I really, I, I don't feel really good, and I know, I know that I'm probably going to end up overeating this, this, and this tonight, and I have all these snacks in the house, and I'm just feeling very vulnerable. And I'll be like, listen, instead of texting me all this, let's get on the phone, and let's just talk about it. And, and what starts as a five minute text exchange turns it's like into an a hour. 45, 45 minute conversation on the phone. But at least because of that conversation, she was able to find out how to make a better decision, mm -hmm. and she felt supported in a world yep. where she has no support. Yeah. So it's not about macros and it's not about training yeah. splits. It's about yeah. emotional support for people that need it because they don't have it. And that's what drives their decision making. Yeah, 100%. And that level of coaching rapport and communication, I think, is, is the, the, the story I shared the other day you know, around a lot of coaches overemphasizing the hard skills like the X, X phys degree and the biomechanics, the exact macro breakdowns, the, the recommendations. Like, don't get me wrong, I prescribe by them. But at the same time, once they're set, once they're being like, you know, once you've got them in place, they're not helping them anymore. It's where you actually get to coach. It's where you actually go coach the client. You're you know, working on the, the softer skills like communication, rapport, emotion building, like two-way communication as a coach. Like that relationship needs to be fostered and built so they trust you. If they don't trust you, they're not going to follow your lead or your discussion. They're not going to take on your advice. They're going to reject what you're saying. Then eventually just going to drop off anyway. You're going to lose them and not actually help them. So even in the attempt of trying to make money, you're going to lose money by being a shit a coach. So to me, it's like there's such a disconnect between the soft skills and the hard skills. Almost people looking at it like it's a, a like a one or the other. Like oh, you can be a, a mindset coach or a psych coach, or you can be a physiology coach. Like no, 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 no. As we saw in like my presentation, like the two, the the, the three things are interlinked. It's called the psychosomatic relationship for a reason. The mind and the body do things together. And you need to be able to coach people that way.
Yeah, and and that's why I think it's so valuable that that you're sorry. There's somebody doing shit outside. It's so valuable that you're going down this road of of psychological enhancement because the reality is is that I would imagine more of our conversations are going to be leaning towards psychology rather than physiology. Mm-hmm. Because if the psychology doesn't cooperate, what does it matter what physiological changes you're trying to make? Because they'll they'll never actually be consistent enough to stick. Exactly. And my biggest concern is how do we get somebody to comply to something long enough yep. for them to feel a tangible shift in, in their body comp or in their digestion or in their energy systems to where they feel confident. Yeah. And then there's emotional buy-in and then yep. you can hammer them with nuance. Yeah. Yeah. Completely agree. It's almost like we get around the wrong way. Like we think, you know, don't get me wrong. I've got you know, systems I use where I'll, I'll strip back a client. Like, all right, we're gonna go through an aggressive cut phase to start off because you've got to be tidier before we can put in, you know, supplementation, PEDs. You know, actually grow muscle tissue. But they're already educated clients that I know. If I've got someone new, I'm not sitting there drilling and being like, hey, let's cut back all your food and let's do this. We're gonna jack up five days a week training. When it's as you would know, a single mother or a, or a, a, a shift working father that's got you know two or three kids, a girlfriend that they don't really see. They work night shift. They work FIFO. You know, they're flying in and out every other week and they barely have time to scratch their ass. I'm not going to hit them with, hey, here's a six-day training program, cardio five times a week and a specific diet you have to eat. Like that just doesn't facilitate the client's needs or desires or actual help, right? Not at all. And there's a place and a time for all that stuff. And I think the shitty thing to probably say is that a lot of it is earned. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like you can't can't really start running until you walk and you still can't, you can't walk until you crawl and there has Mm -hmm. to be steps and processes. And I don't know if you saw the post I had the other day about how um, basically as children, we have so much structure and so much routine that's established by our parents, by our school systems. And this development from adolescence or from childhood into adolescence into adulthood is so quick in the scope of your life, right? From like from two to 18, you're like five different people. Yeah. And then from 18 to 50, you're like a bag of shit that doesn't really move much. It's like the exact same forever. You'll get incrementally better at your job. You might find a wife. You might have a couple of kids. You might have a little bit of a higher income, but there's not a ton of personal development that occurs or even physical development. And I think it's really attributed to the fact that we rebel against routine and structure as we age because I think it was hammered into us as young kids. But instead, what I find is the reason why people hire coaches is because they lack that structure Yes, and they lack some level of organizational skills and time management skills because they're not inherently intuitive for most people because they show up to a job because they get a paycheck. Yeah. They parent their kids because if they don't, their kids will get taken away from them. Yeah. But they don't really pay attention to themselves anymore because nobody's telling them to. Yeah. There's no personal responsibility or accountability when it comes to physical endeavors because there's no real repercussions for not doing it. Like if you get fat, you get fat slowly. When yeah. you get sick, you get sick slowly. It's not like it's cancer where in nine months you get it and then you're dead. Yeah. Like obesity takes a very long time to kill you. So if you eat like shit every single weekend, you may not start wearing it for a couple of years. So there's no sense of urgency. And that's where I think for us, it's not just about physique change. It's not just about like, I have to fit into this thing at this time. Mm-hmm. It's about what do you want the next 20 years of your life to look like from a quality of life perspective? Yeah. 
Yeah, hundred percent. And, and uh, like the research is pretty clear on this too. Like we see, like uh, we did an article for the website um, uh, a while back in regards to weight gain, weight loss, uh, obesity, things like that. And one of the one of the indicators quite interesting in America is like the the weight gain between Thanksgiving and New Year's is it's not astronomical, but it's the large consumption of calories over consistent weekends that is above and beyond the average for the average American. You guys already eat at a higher percentage calorie threshold. And then you add in like these large weekends where, but they're praised, they're rewarded, like they're encouraged, like, oh, you know, Thanksgiving dinner, we're going to have lunch. And then we have the big turkey and the stuffing and all the five different types of pie that go with it. And then you're going to sit on the couch for four days and feel like death, but we've got leftovers to take that home too. I think the average, the average worked out was to be around five to 6,000 calories for the average American on, on Thanksgiving. And then from Thanksgiving, it goes to Super Bowl weekend, Halloween, and then it goes into the holiday period. So in the space of like three months, you guys have like 10 major holidays that are all food-based events. You might on paper only gain, I think it's like five pounds, but what happens is that five pounds doesn't come off. It might drop back maybe one or two pounds per year, but the net average is increased three to four pounds. Not crazy, but if you're not training, exercising or doing anything, that scaffolds over 10 years and you've lived the same lifestyle, done the same thing, not learned anything new, not seeked out better behaviors, now it's 40 pounds and you're like, oh, I want to feel like I did back in high school. Like, no, no, you just want to feel less shit and actually go back to a time where you were active. Just say that. Let's get to that goal. Because worrying about 10 pounds, like, you know, like I said at the, at the summit, worrying about 10 pounds and the reality is you have a terrible relationship with yourself, your partner, your household, your food intake, general activity levels and health levels. Like that's not anything to do with your body fat percentage. That's just to do with your lifestyle. And I think the actions that you take is like, I'll, I'll give a perfect example because I've been kind of living in this space for a little while for about a month or so, just kind of in a place where like I was complacent. I wasn't really pushing anything. I wasn't really focusing on quality nutrition. I wasn't really, I was giving myself more liberties on both ends of the day. I was spending more time in my garage gym than the public gym where I always push myself a little harder. Yeah. So just everything just kind of slipped backwards. And, and based on my normal standards, that was a drop. And I could just see how every, it was bleeding into all, all forms of my life. I wasn't having good conversations with clients. I was getting very brief with them and getting almost frustrated. I wasn't fielding the same level of, of enthusiasm towards my day. I was already waking up in a negative headspace. Yeah. I was bloated. My belly was distended all the time. And it cascades. Like I think physical and physical and mental health are so related. Oh yeah. Like there's such a there's such a massive correlation between I make good decisions that make my body feel good, which then allow my mind to operate better, which mm -hmm. then cascade into more good decisions to make my body feel good. It just keeps going around and around, but it can go around and around in the same bad way as well. Yeah, 100%. It can spiral down just as much as it spirals up. Yep. And that spiral down, oof, because that <laughs> happens. The problem is is the is the upward momentum is hard to build. Yep. Once you have some legs underneath you, it's, it's a little bit easier to comprehend and then continue. Yep. But the downward spiral, holy shit, does that happen fast? Yeah. Yeah. That, that one exacerbates a lot quicker. I mean, it's like a week, it's like two weeks in a row. Like, a, okay, I had four dinners out. I had three desserts over the course of three weeks. I, I trained half the, the amount of time that I normally do. I slept like shit. I wasn't really emotionally connected to the people I was, I was around. I didn't really like, I wasn't present. Mm -hmm. And before you know it, now life just seems a little darker and shittier just because of two or three weeks. And I can see how depression becomes such a comfortable place to be. Yeah. I mean, we've, we've literally rambled now for like 35 minutes. We haven't even really introduced four weeks to the beach. 
<laughs> so I knew this was gonna happen, so I was excited. <laughs> I was like, I knew straight nobody, away. I'm like, nobody any, gives a f- any structured format me. has no intention here because it's just not gonna happen. I mean, listen, I, I, I guess people do like origin stories and they do like to hear about like why you're you are the who you are. And the reality is, is I'm kind of like nobody knows about. Like everybody loves Batman's origin story, right? Like we always like, how did the Joker become Joker? How did Batman become Batman? Well, Batman was just a emotionally neglected child With a lot who of saw money. some tra- who saw some trauma, and then decided to do something about it because of the trauma. And the trauma is what drives him. I'm the same exact way. I have trauma. I dealt with it, but I let it fuel me into the right direction because it was heading me down the wrong path for too long. I mean, I can give you that bio at nauseum. It's been on a 50 other podcasts. So if any of your users really care, they can <laughs> Google or type in Aram Grigori in, in Apple or in Spotify, and they'll find an origin story somewhere. But the the most important role that I serve, in my opinion, and what I'm going to be remembered for is at least being available for people to get some type of help when they mm-hmm. need it at no cost at all, unless they want to spend money on something that's a little bit more of a formal relationship. But I spend all my time on Instagram, mm-hmm. which sounds like a teenager thing to say. But I I don't consume content on Instagram. Like I, what I found myself recently doing is I'm actually unfollowing people who I used to follow who entertained me. Yeah. But now I realize I'm like I don't need to be entertained. I'm 40 years old. Like I don't need yeah. to look at like cats falling out of trees or chicks butts yeah. anymore. Yeah. Like I want to be on Instagram because I'm being educated by something. Yeah my thought is being provoked in the, in a positive direction or I'm there to assist my end user yeah. or my audience. That's essentially the role that I now serve. So yeah, immigrant from Russia who came to America, who was poor basically his whole life, who spent some time in finance doing the Wolf of Wall Street thing, doing a lot of drugs, having a lot of fun, and then realizing that all that stuff didn't really matter and it wasn't making him fulfilled. And then he started to become a trainer because he was already in halfway decent shape and decided to make a living out of that. And here I am now, fast forward, using this as my platform and as my career. But, it, you know, there, obviously there's a lot of stuff along, a lot of steps along the way, but the basic package stays about the same. I think people, I was lucky enough to have had so much shitty stuff happen to me. Yeah. And I say lucky because I truly, I think you are really forged in fire. Like anybody yeah. that's ever done anything in life, very rarely had it handed to them, yeah. you know, especially the ones who appreciate it. So anything like money, good relationships, physique, businesses, if these things are handed to you, you will never hold on to them. Yeah. If you were lucky enough to have them, they will be gone just as fast as you got them. But if you had to go through the uncomfortable way of earning all those things, you'll keep it forever. Or at least you'll learn the process by which you can replicate getting that again. Yeah, you can just basically, yeah, exactly right. One, once you know the process required, especially with someone who doesn't get it, receive it easily, someone who's in blessed, if you will, in that genetic lottery, you will know then what is required to achieve it. So should you decide to go back to it, it becomes a lot easier. Not easier, but you understand the process enough to make it happen, right? Absolutely. And that's, if the formula is, is, now granted the formula might change a little bit because we have the adaptive physiology concept and, you know, our physiology will adapt to things and stress and blah, and blah. But by and large, all it does is just it increases your average behavior. And once that average behavior improves, what are you not capable of anymore? Like there's nothing you can't do as long as if you've done enough hard shit in your life, everything is just pale in comparison. Like every single time you get a new challenge, you get excited as opposed to you mm-hmm. just getting scared. Yeah. And why do most people fail at, at health and fitness? It's because they're looking for the perfect unfuckwithable way to do it. 
Mm-hmm. Like if I do it this way and only this way, it's going to produce exactly this outcome because it worked for that person. And that's how it's going to be. Absolutely not. If you still believe that as a listener of this podcast or any other podcast, you're being lied to. Mm-hmm. There is no one way to do it. There's a thousand different ways to train. There's a thousand different ways to eat. There's a lot of good people out there that are helping people, but there's also a plethora of people out there that are deceiving people. And you have to at least be an informed consumer of information or else you are going to be that person that gets lied to constantly and wonder why you're the one frustrated because they're not. They're collecting the paycheck. Mm -hmm. They're getting more and more people to sign up for their bullshit. And you keep buying it because you refuse to learn the little details of how it can work. Like the little small, and I'm not saying like, you need to know biology and physiology and anatomy to these great lengths, but at least understand some of the basics. Yeah. Like it's not hard to understand why do we have to train hard? Why should we eat yeah. abundance of protein? And why should we keep certain carbs at certain times? Or maybe why we, why we want to eat this versus that for digestion? Like just learn some of these things and experiment on yourself. As a human being, maybe keto works for you. I don't know. Like try yeah. it. Like try to eat 70% of your diet and fat. I think it'll suck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's only so like, many avocados and fucking and eggs you can eat. <laughs> but if you try it and it works and you feel great, like who am I to tell you not to do it? Yeah. Just because I don't like it doesn't mean that it's not going to work for you. There are physiological reasons why you should or shouldn't. But if it, if I'm not going to refute anecdotal evidence, I think we live in this place that's so science-based that if it's not yeah. a PubMed article about it, I won't do it. Yep. Like I, I listen to all these podcasts with like doctors <laughs> and doctors who's happened to train with weights and doctors who have MDs that don't even practice anymore. And you listen to this stuff and it's like, well, that wasn't backed by science. It's like, okay, but it worked for like a thousand people. Yeah. So if it like worked for that many people, who cares about the science? Like it, clearly something is happening that's positive and there's very little negative side effects. So why not adopt that? Because science is always behind actual real yeah. time. Like we have to spend time within the trenches of science. And that's why I was kind of mad during the whole COVID thing, because like, like, yeah, maybe they fucked up and maybe they didn't really know what they were doing, but they were also learning as they went. Like they yeah. had no clue what they were doing and they yeah. were just, they were constantly re-evolving every single time they made a new mistake. That is the essence of science. It's to disprove what you think is true. Mm-hmm. And science is not about pinpointing black and white fact. It's about saying that this is what I think. This is how I test it. Oh, I was wrong. This is my new hypothesis. And just keep doing that until you find solutions. And the funny part is too with science, this thing like, it's what I love about my degree. The more I expand, psych is a very nuanced research topic. Like we have very heavy research in the qualitative and the quantitative fields, which most fields of science will be one or the other, is people don't tend to understand how that sort of data testing works. Like they think they've read an article. So this is true. All that's proved is that it's not wrong. It's not proven truth. It's not proven fact. All it's proven, and this is why we have a null hypothesis, we have hypotheses to make these statements, is that it's just simply not wrong. This is what I believe to be the case, and this is what the evidence suggests should be the reason why it happened, and that's the best case we have at the moment. But in 20 years' time, when we've found out a new particle exists or a new element exists or we've uncovered this, that should be something different. But right now, what we can say is that this isn't wrong for what we can see. That's all that's it. That's all it is. And you start to get people to like, no, the, the research says it has to be exactly this many sets or reps per week or this much volume to stimulus hypo- stimulate hypo- hypertrophy. No, 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 no. People don't also understand, like when I see these like research claims or these evidence-based coaches and they don't even understand like the population distribution or the population sample that was conducted in that study. We're getting 60-year-old, like I saw a study and it was like, uh, 
the length and partial is the new optimal rep to a uh, rep scheme to try to try and improve length and position hypertrophy. And the population they did it on was like 60 year old women untrained, having never eaten protein before. I was like, brother, you're a fucking 10% bodybuilder who is looking to get on the national stage and take as much gear as your eyeballs can handle. And you're going to talk about like this new training scheme was the way to generate the most hypertrophy. What are you talking about? And then you're going to try and teach that to your clients who literally don't even know how to do a full range of motion squat yet or hack squat or fucking dumbbell uh, bent over row. And you're going to talk about trying to teach them a half rep position. You know what else gives a length of position? If you change the full range of range of motion, just teach them to train Every full time. range of motion. You Every will work time. the length and position because it's a full range of fucking motion. But you're trying to like get this weird nuance out of an evidence you don't even understand how to read. You've read the abstract and gone, this doctor, coach, guy who trains kind of as a natty, but also talks in absolutes is the guy. Therefore, this data is correct. So like, hold the fucking phone here. As I said in my chat, we've got 96% of Americans who don't even eat enough greens in their week or 25%. So you got 360 million Americans. A quarter of that is all that gets their optimal or suge- not optimal, their suggested the aerobic suggested, and yeah. resistance exercise per week. That's it. 25%. Like that's a, that's tiny a fucking number. lot of people not doing the basic bare minimum to exist healthily. And we're trying to talk yeah. about like, oh, this doctor said this is the exact rep scheme to use. Well, the fuck you ain't even getting people to go to the gym more than three times a week to use that. There's more, I think, uh, I so I forgot what the statistic was. Danny Matranga had talked about it a little while ago. It was like gym utilization has risen almost exponentially over the last 10 years, right? So the actual amount of people that have a gym membership Yep. Sorry. So it's not utilization. It's gym. It's it's gym joining. So they yep. physically bought a membership. But then what happens is utilization has fallen. Yeah. So they have the membership, but they don't yep. go. Now, can you imagine a world in which we were incentivized by insurance companies that the more you attend the gym, the lower your insurance premiums are? Oh, for you guys, that'd be life changing. I mean, we our obesity epidemic would end in a week. Like yep. we would have, because everybody is so financially driven and motivated, right? If you give somebody free shit or if you give somebody a handout or sign up now and get free this, like everybody's yeah. just jumping on it. So if you're like, hey, your insurance premium on a monthly basis is going to go from 400 a month to 150 a month. You're going to save 250 a month just by getting your ass into the gym that you're already paying yeah. for and not going to. You clock 20 sessions a month, we're cutting this in half. Boom. All of a sudden. HDL is up, LDL is down, glucose is down, insulin is down, obesity is down, blood pressure is down. The population gets healthier as a whole purely just by starting to move their body in a way that's somewhat intentional because I'm not asking, yes, if you sign up with me, I'm going to teach you how to hypertrophy train. That's my specialty. That's what I enjoy. That's what I believe is the holy grail of building a body recomp. That it, it. to me, it's irrefutable. I don't even yep. know why we would still argue about it. Like, <laughs> yeah. look at bodybuilders. Bodybuilders are the best at building bodies. Yeah, crazy. Right? I don't. I don't know. I don't know why we're looking at powerlifting or Olympic lifting or CrossFit or group fitness as the answer to obesity. It's not. Like, it, yes, it's good movement, but risk of injury versus reward. Yeah, in my opinion, you can bodybuild from now until you're dead because you yeah. can stay. In, you can basically spend all of your time on a machine. Never have to touch a free weight or a dumbbell if you didn't want to. Manage your nutrition properly to match some some of your training. Manage your lifestyle variables. Manage stress. And you would probably be able to be injury-free almost forever unless you really push the envelope of training. So it's not that I think other modalities don't work for general health outcomes or general health improvements. But I think at some point, if your goal is, I want to look like this, 
-hmm. Look at the look at the population of people who are really good at looking good, which is a bodybuilder. Mm -hmm. Why would you take any other information from anybody else? Because most people that look good in other sports probably bodybuilded to get there. Yeah, like Rich Froning didn't look good because of CrossFit. Rich Froning was a fucking college football player who ended up bodybuilding and then found CrossFit because he needed more competition and then trained three times a day, seven days a week. And oh, by the way, there was probably some human growth hormone involved. <laughs> I would imagine because if I trained three times a day and I was natural, I would be broken after six weeks. My body would be dead. I, nah, especially that level of training modality. That is, it, it, that is just breaking me in half waiting to happen. Right. But you're completely right. But, you're completely right. And I and I and it's not because I want to discredit I want to discredit other modalities or I want to say that it's not good for people to just walk into a fitness class. I think if you're on the couch most of your life, then anything you do is already yeah. a positive. Zero Any plus one's one hundred percent, right? Exactly. So I would much rather have you do something than nothing. But if you've been doing something for a while and that something isn't working, yes. Why do you continually beat your head against the wall as opposed to try to either dig deeper into the whys of what you're doing and why it's not working, or you get your oil changed. Somebody else cuts your hair. Somebody washes your, watches your kids. Somebody cuts your grass, hire somebody to teach you how to do this shit. Like, it's not that I advocate that all coaching is good coaching, but good coaching is good coaching. Yes. And good coaching will help you circumvent that, that learning curve by a million miles because we don't have the time. Like, unfortunately, as, as coaches, we are customer service representatives and as customer service representatives, we want to make sure that our customers have a good experience and they're satisfied. That's not always going to be tied to results. Granted, yes, we want them to get results. But the reality is, is most people probably won't get to their end goal because they don't spend enough time with you for long enough. Yep. And they may have pounds and pounds of fat to lose or pounds and pounds of muscle to grow until they finally get to that desired physique. So if we could at least lay down the foundation of understanding this is how we start. This is how this works. This is the mechanism behind this. If you follow this for long enough, you'll get to where you want to go. I've done my job properly. Do you have any questions? And I'm here for your support. Mm -hmm. It's that easy. I don't know why people are still making it so complicated. Yeah. like We never expect, like if I hire a chippy, if I hire a sparky, if I go to a mechanic, I never expect myself to know the things that they're talking about more than they do. I never expect to know the things that they've comprehended or they're saying to me. Like if you start talking to me about what colored wiring runs where or like what a current form <laughs> is, like, sorry, bro, it's just not, it's not my wheelhouse. That's why I'm paying you to be here. I don't need you to, like, I don't need to understand that stuff because I recognize that the, the, the futility of doing that when I can pay you to do it or help me to get there faster. In the sense of coaching, and I think you'd probably be the same way. One of my biggest philosophies is I want to coach you to not need me. It's one of the strangest yes. business systems in the world, but it works because <laughs> I would rather have a thousand clients that have left me after 12 months, but they tell another thousand people than to have a hundred people in my system forever because they need me for the next week. I've, I'm the homework for the next week and they can't get anything out of it. The amount of people that like, you might not ever get to the point where they reach their goal, like you said. That end goal might not ever be achieved with you, but the idea is I should teach you enough systems where you can make those changes yourself continually. So if there is a financial crisis, if there is a fucking job crisis or an obstacle gets in the way, like a family member passes away and you're like, you know what? I just can't do this right now. Cool. You've got all the basics. So I don't want to see you go backwards. Check in with me in a month's time. I don't want to see you destroy everything you've built. But at the same time, you've got enough tools here to know how to do it. And if you don't, there's so much free stuff on my website, on my YouTube or my podcast that you can just go re-listen rejig your memory relearn it go do it if you just stick to these basic principles go do that cool but 
That's what we should do as coaches. Our goal is to not have someone forever because if they get a result, fantastic. That's brilliant. That's a walking billboard for you if they sustain it. But a happy client that felt respected, reciprocated, understood, well communicated with, learned a shit ton of stuff is going to walk around and tell every person they possibly can. The amount of clients that have messaged me and been like, I can't work with him all right now, but I've told everyone to sign up to you. That fantastic. I could not get a better result for that if I tried. Nope. Nope. And I think that that power of referral and just and just being able to like be so influential in somebody's improvement is such a is such a reward in itself to know that like I mean I've had so many people that told me like hey you without you I would have never improved the relationship I have with food mm-hmm. I don't I, you can still be 300 pounds at the end of that conversation I don't give a fuck but the fact that you're not afraid to eat or yeah. you understand that you have a problem that you now have control over is so empowering mm-hmm. and the fact that I was monumental in being able to make that shift that's what that's I mean you're you're leaving an imprint on somebody's life that's going to maybe enhance the longevity of how long they spend on this planet. They may be able to see their grandkids grow up. They may be able to do that thing they never thought was possible all because you had some time with them. So it's like, we're so obsessed in coaching now about this idea of like 10 K 20 K 50 K 70 K fuck that. Like, stop. Like I was on somebody's mastermind the other day and I kept telling everybody, I'm like, you guys are so concerned about getting leads and getting clients and creating content and, being big on Instagram and mm-hmm. making more money. What about the people that you started to try to help? Like when you were that poor trainer that was making eight bucks an hour, rolling towels at the gym, you didn't think about 10 K months. Yeah. You were like, I want to learn everything and I want to help as many people as possible. Get that fucking childlike activity back. Like get that spirit back that you lost yeah. because you started getting corrupted by bullshit and money and influence. Cause everybody told you you weren't good enough because you weren't making enough money. Like that doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. I mean, shit, start an OnlyFans page if you're so worried about money. Yeah. I've seen you make this exact statement before, but there are so many other avenues if you wish to make just money that like that being a coach is just, it's almost not worthless, but it is such the wrong endeavor if you're only after money. The time investment to the money return is never the same. No, it's taken me, I've been in this business for 15 years and it's insane to actually think about that. But like I've been doing personal training or online training now for almost 15 years. I I don't think I broke a $10,000 month until two years ago. Mm-hmm. And now we've got coaches that are 25, 27. They're going to these masterminds and sitting in these rooms. And they're so concerned about these 10K months. It's like, you're not even smart enough to know how to spend it properly. Yeah. You don't have the life experience because when I was 27 and I was in finance and I was, you heard me on stage. I was making 180 grand a year. I put most of it up my nose. <laughs> yeah. I, I wasn't re- I wasn't responsible about spending that kind of money. It was like, yeah. holy shit, here's it's like when you give an NFL player a $20 million contract and they're 21 years old and they came out of the hood. Hey, don't do anything like, wrong with this. Like, <laughs> hey, by the way, here's a box of money and a bunch of free time, and you're in your off season. Just try not to fuck it up. Yeah. Like you're you're setting that person up for failure. Just like we're setting our clients up for failure, if only thing we're focused on is getting more clients. Yeah. Like if you already have some people, and I, this is obviously not going to be reserved for people that don't have anybody yet. And by the way, if you don't have any clients yet and you're listening to this, just start giving away your information for free. Because at some Literally. point, those people will not know how to apply it for long enough. So they're going to need mm-hmm. your help. 
Mm-hmm. And if you've been giving them and giving them and giving them and giving them, at some point, it's okay to ask them for something. Yep. And if it's for business, it's like, hey, I'm starting out. I've been able to help you for four or five months. You've got, it's gotten you this far. Do you want to start actually coaching with me? Because I think I can help you. And it would help, you know, I'm going to start you at a low rate. I don't need a lot of money. I just want to be able to help and build a brand. Who's not going to take that deal? Yeah. Like at that point, that's the best way to market yourself. But everybody's so worried about like, there's coaches I know who barely started, got their certification a week ago. And now they're charging 600 bucks a month. Holy like, how shit. The fuck is that possible? Like I've been doing this. I charge 275 a month for all inclusive coach for group coaching. 275 a month and i give and i do a nutrition training i'm on the phone with people i'm doing a zoom call every week a zoom call every two weeks video form check reviews everything and i'm i think that's a steal that is a i know coaches i call i know coaches who charge double that and they started last week that's ludicrous they're like i deserve to charge because my education you haven't done anything yet there's no proof of concept you haven't even gotten one person to listen to you yet and you're already trying to like ask for this money but that's the level of entitlement that we're dealing with today is that like kids are coming out of college and they want a hundred grand a year in, in salary. You know, they've never actually worked. They've never provided any type of, of tangible job skill, or they haven't even proven the fact that they could be on time for a phone call, which by the way, I'm sorry, I was late today. <laughs> I will apologize immediately. But fuck you. It's, it's because it's the time change. That's I'm blaming it on the time change. <laughs> It's your fault. It's my fault. I get it. Fuck Australia. We don't even exist. We're alive. Exactly. Everything, the toilet goes backwards. (laughs) Mr. Prime Minister. (laughs) But but it's like, you know, it's so funny when I'm, when I sit in on these, some of these conferences, because like most of the conferences I go to will always have some type of business sprinkled in. Like, that's why I loved Supercoach because Supercoach wasn't just business. It was like actual yes. training modalities and stuff like that. That's what the real coach summit's going to be. But I go to so many of these conferences where it's like motivation, yeah, sales, like yeah. get your ass up, go make money, buy that private jet, buy 17 houses, spend, yeah. spend, spend. And then you got these 27 year old kids who are like, yeah, sure. I can live like Rick Ross next week. Like I'll, I'll make the kind of money he did overnight. It's like, you don't even have a skill set. Yeah. You don't even know how to adjust somebody's macros properly if they're not feeling good. You don't even know how to tell them which foods are potentially inflaming their belly because they're eating them too much. Like you don't even know how to solve problems diagnostically yet. And you're asking for all this money that you don't deserve. Yeah. Yeah. It's a it's a strange, a strange level of of entitlement as as practitioners to think that like, like, you know, we go through even if when you go through an apprenticeship. Like, I'm not sure what it's like over there, but over here, like you'll go through a very young period of time where you earn fuck all money as an apprentice, regardless of when you start. But eventually you get to like a decent amount of cash. But even when you trade qualified, there's always going to be like growth phases where you're still at the bare minimum of that 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 trade allowance. You'll, you know, it might be $27, $30 an hour, it might be $35. Yes, you've you've earned the the qualification to chart to be worth that much per hour, but in the totem pole of things, you're still at the bottom. You still got a long way to go before you charge the big bucks. But in fitness, it's like, oh, I've got twenty thousand followers, and I've you know played a decent level of sport, so therefore I can charge as much as I want to these mums and take advantage of the fact that they don't know any better, but they just saw that they see me and I've got a good ass, and that's all my post is. And I'm going to talk about that, and then because I talk about my ass and my training day and my schedule, you should live exactly like me. And if you don't, you're a bad client. But I'm going to charge you five hundred dollars US a month. Like, what are you fucking talking about? Majority of the time, it's what, like I get fucking really worked up in Australia. We have these like this 
these life coaches that are coming out, these mindset coaches where they literally teach nothing. The client changes nothing, but they feel empowered because they're told they're beautiful every day and they'll take the equivalent of 400 Australian a month and be like, you're in the system of a sisterhood or a brotherhood. Like you're great the way you are. No, you're fucking not. You're not. You wouldn't have signed up if you were. So to like, to be in this level where this obnoxious way of thinking, we've got so lazy as coaches that we're not even trying to get a result anymore. We're taking money to simply say, you're fine how you are. I could write that on my fucking mirror for free. If that's what you want, like I'll, I'll write the affirmations for you just and go do that. I guarantee you don't get any better, but we've got to this laziness of coaching where that's, that's considered chargeable. That's a service. Like, are you fucking high? If you want to waste your money, I've got some like timeshares we can talk about and I might invest in some down in Florida or something, but waste your money properly, not waste your money on some dumb shit that is even dumber than just going to spend it on a weekend. At least get something out of it. At least when I was doing a ton of drugs, I got high. Exactly. Like I was spending my money like an asshole, but at least I got, I, I was able to at least put dollar bills into G-strings, which was kind of fun. And <laughs> I got to roll those dollar bills up and stick them in my nose. And it was great because I got something out of it. But like now you're not even getting anything for your money. Yeah, you <laughs> work that like, like uh, this, like, uh, like a really easy way I try to break down time for people, right? Is... How much do you think you're worth as a, as a job? If you were to be an employee, what's your time worth? What's your trade craft, your skill worth? You know, let's say an extreme, $50 an hour. Okay, how many hours did it take for you to earn that money that you just spent on someone that you now don't get back and you didn't get anything for the work you put in? Like contemplate that and think how much of a waste of fucking time that is just to be told in a video once a week that you're fantastic the way you are. Keep going. You go boss babe or boss bro. Like you are killing it. Boss. You're going to be Grant Cardone in two weeks time. What do you fucking boss mean? Babe. Now, the devil's advocate point to this, if anybody's an end user of coaching on this, on this, on the other end of this message, is that even when you do hire a coach and they are really good at what they do, you're still not going to get results on a weekly basis. Yes, correct. At least, at least from your perception of results. And that's where our job is to manage your expectations properly, because in reality, you're going to string a couple of good weeks together and -hmm. then something's going to happen. Mm-hmm. You're going to get sick. You're going to, something's going to hurt. Your schedule will get thrown off. Your kids will get sick. Your husband will get laid off from work, whatever. And then you're going to have two weeks of non-compliance. And then you're mm-hmm. going to think that the walls are caving in and that you're wasting money. No, that's when you lean into your coach. That's when you yes. put your shoulder on his shoulder or her shoulder. You start communicating a little bit more often. You get, you need a little bit more of that TLC to stay involved in participating in that process. Mm-hmm. Because usually when the coast is clear and people are compliant and they're doing well, they don't really need us as much Yeah, because they're kind of already doing what they're supposed to do. When we start to become valuable is when the fucking walls start caving in. Yes. And I think that's when we separate the good coaches from the shitty yeah. coaches is if we're available during those times, Yes. then we can not only, I mean, granted, yes. Do we want to keep people in our system for long enough? Yeah. It's a financial benefit to us because we need to be able to make money to keep improving our knowledge base and our service, mm-hmm. but it's also a positive benefit to the end user because if they stay in the ecosystem for long enough, they're almost guaranteed a result mm-hmm. because you can't do much in four weeks. You can do a little bit more in eight weeks. You can do a lot more in 12. You can do a hell of a lot more in 16. Holy shit. Now it's 24 weeks and it's half a year. That's a ton of, I mean, if you were dialed in for six months, you could be a whole new person and forget about what could happen in 52 weeks. Yeah. And that's where we start to really show our proof is that if we can be there along the bumpy rides, because they are going to be bumpy at some point, 
is that's when I think the client needs to understand, lean into the coach. And I just, yeah. I, 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 I send out automated text messages to all my clients through like a service called QuickSend. I don't know if you guys have it. It's, it's like an app. Um, you pay like 50 bucks or 20 bucks a month or whatever. You can refill it however much. And per text message, it charges you like a, a quarter of a cent or something like that. Okay. So instead of like, instead of reaching out to every one of your clients by via text, you can just send one mass out and it goes out to all of them. Yep. So I have them save the phone number in which it comes from. And I usually have them save it as something like get off your ass or go meal prep or go to go to the gym yeah. today or something inspirational. So when it pops up, it's not my name. It's this message. Yeah. And then usually it comes like this morning's message was when your days are bad, I'm here for you. Simple as that. And all, that, all what that does is it may, reminds them that they're working with a human being versus an app yeah. or versus a machine or versus a, a system. They're working with a person and that person is available to them should they mm -hmm. need them. But they also have to be proactively ready to reach out. Yeah. Because you can't just have, coaching is not a one-way street. It's not a, I deliver, I deliver your plan, you yeah. deliver me feedback, then I deliver you feedback, then you deliver me more feedback. It's, there needs to be like a bit of a dance. It's a duality. Absolutely. And I think one, and the good ones know how to do that and the bad mm -hmm. ones have not figured it out and they probably will never figure it out. I think it's a um like I, I have a very similar experience with clients where but the opposite happens where they think it's a nag to get the value they pay for. Like, yeah. oh, I don't want to bother you. I know you're busy. I'm like, no, 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 I'm not I'm not too busy for you. I'm busy for other people that you know are trying to take my time or want free information. Like I'll give as much free stuff as possible. But when it comes to the people actually in my system and service and what they're what I'm connecting with, I will move fucking mountains for you. Like the 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 guilt I felt being in America on a different time zone to my clients, I was waking up to like 35, 40 messages. And I was like, I didn't realize at that point, like, yes, I needed the break, but how much I actually am engaged with my clients and how much I'm like, I interact with them because there were so many messages and so many like situations where it was like, it wasn't like they needed me to solve the problem, but just so much, so much like, Hey, this happened or that was going on or this happened. Or like, I didn't feel like I could deliver the same way I do, but the clients that like will usually tick all the boxes and they have a few bad days and they don't reach out. And like, oh, I felt like I'd be just a nag. I don't know how to open up about that stuff. I'm like, oh, hold on. Let's jump on a call. Like, let's Zoom call. Usually we do a weekly check-in um, and we do a once a month catch-up. Well, let's just do that catch-up right now and see what's actually going on. And don't even worry about the price. Don't worry about if we have to oh, like, like change something. Let's just jump on a call. Because right now I need to know what's happening because you're one of my cruisy clients. You're one of the guys who you tick the boxes. So if something's going wrong, I want to know what that is. So we can get back to ticking boxes because consistency is where your result is constantly felt but I don't want you to think that I'm not available when something hits a fan. Like we need to be available. The amount of times that I've, I've heard of coaches will be like, Oh yeah, I'll talk to you in a month or I'll talk to you in like a week's time or like, you know, put that in your check-in. Like, yes, put your stuff in the check-ins, put your data in your check-ins, put your information in your check-ins because I want to know what's, what's synced up, what's linked up. Right. But when it comes to that shit, how am I sleeping at night to say, leave me alone or like for you to think that I'm too busy to help you and you're paying me money. Like, if you're that type of coach, get the fuck out of my, don't even watch the rest of this podcast. Like, honestly, like I can't fathom that being a thing where you're like, Oh, I'll talk to you later. Like someone's come to you with the vulnerability of like, Hey, this week's actually pretty fucking shit. Yeah. Yeah. And that's even just little, even like the little stuff where it's not emotionally charged, right? Like if, if it's a form check video, some of our clients have no idea what my muscle connection is. They don't know what mm -hmm. muscles are supposed to move, what joints, so if they send you a bunch of videos and you take 48 hours or 72 hours to get back to them, she's forgotten where the sensation was felt. She's forgotten yeah. 
if she could have worked harder. If you ask her, where did you feel that? Or how hard was that for you? Like that's all gone already. She's had yeah. that memory has been replaced by the 30 different tasks she's had until that day. So for me, like I always try to respond to people in real time. If I can, like if I get videos, I want to ask right now, like, where do you feel that? If you're mm-hmm. doing a lat pull down, do you feel it in the lower portion of your lats? Do you know where your lats are? Do you know that if you take your thumb off the grip, it's going to help you connect more to your lats and less to your biceps. Like all this stuff has to happen in real time for them to be able to connect to that experience better. And then they know, Hey, this is my feedback loop. I can depend on this person for help. Yeah. And their, their learning curve is going to shrink that much more. And now the time horizon for them to get results starts to get better. So everybody gets improved. So instead of focusing on trying to get more people into your ecosystem, start focusing on serving the people that you have with the utmost level of care and now not only will you have social proof, but you'll have a ton, ton of testimonials. Mm-hmm. And even if those people don't get results, they'll have such a wonderful experience with you that you're going to sing their praises about you from the rooftops. And the second they want to come back to coaching, guess who they're going to? Or if a friend yeah, reaches or, out and says, hey, I want to coach, guess who they're going to? Exactly. And, and that's that's how I want to create my entire business model. That's how I want to serve. That's how, like, if it's a podcast, if it's a speaking engagement, if it's anything, like, I don't care. Like, I will show up. I will be there. I'm just honored that somebody gives a fuck about what I have to say. I mean, and that's, that's I think that's a, a big part of how we connected at the back end of the, of the summit as well is, is we were just kind of outside chatting shit with, with people walking out the door. Like I was so humbled to even have the opportunity to be invited to teach other people what I do, because I, in my head, I'm like, this is how we help people at a bigger, like I can't work with a million people one-to-one. I can't psychologically change the world one-to-one. It needs to be me to mass so that that mass can pass it on. So to have that chance and then be outside with those people asking me questions, us chatting there, people walking past, like at, at the start, it was like people saw us as like, well, I, this is the first time I've spoken to like such a large place, but people was like, oh, this like, like they're the speakers. Like we can't talk to them yet. I was like, motherfucker, what's your question? Like, what, what's, how can I help right now? This is how I help you. What's going on? That information there, it's free. Go download it. I'm giving it away. I don't give a shit. Cav was like, maybe don't give so much away next time. I'm like, no, no, no I'm going to give all that. Like, fuck <laughs> you. Like, this is what I'm doing. I'm giving all this away. Cause I don't, that's not coaching to me. I don't care. I'm not losing any business because of this stuff, but like we're outside and we're chatting shop and like, just, just shooting it up. Then people walking past asking questions or engaging. It was like, that's, that's the fun stuff to me. That's where it gets fun. That's where I'm like, I'm here to help. So why would I not help? Like, I'm not going to say I'll book in a consult whilst I'm at the summit where we can talk right now and we're in like face to face and I can actually help you solve a problem. Like that to me is exciting. I fucking love that shit. I think people have missed that passion for like going online and sort of taking away that passion of, of actual coaching. Like everyone, everyone's like, I want to get face to face to free up time and make more money and be more. No, 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 no. Like face to face and online aren't supposed to be so separate that you lose that art of coaching and the passion of coaching. It's just that, you're simplifying a system. You can help more people at a larger scale and a larger, you know, nationality or, or larger range that otherwise would have been located to a demographic inside the gym. Your passion and your engagement is still supposed to be the same, if not further, because you aren't face to face. Yeah, and you have a bigger reach. Instagram is free advertising. Mm-hmm. All these social media platforms are here for you to. And, and the reality is, is you don't have to get crazy about creating content or trying to make things that are super pretty, or whatever else. As long as the message is is simple, mm-hmm. clear, and and actionable, guess what? Mm-hmm. You've changed somebody's day. And that's all that matters. So, I mean, the fact that you were invited to a conference in America to come from Australia, that somebody gave enough of a shit to listen to what you had to say in front of a couple hundred people, 
I mean, everything you needed to know from a validation standpoint about what you're doing is the right thing. You've already figured it out. And I don't think you need to be reminded of that. <laughs> we'll be, we'll, we'll debate on that one. <laughs> My sense of self-doubt is always high enough for both of us. <laughs> well, that's because you're a, you're a mental midget bodybuilder and that's what happens. That's correct. That yeah. is definitely correct. That'll never um, leave. Your, your body dysmorphia is always going to dictate your insecurity. And I get that. <laughs> uh, pretty accurate. Yeah, um, well, listen, we, we're, we're supposed to be flawed somehow. We can't just be perfect all the time. That is correct. That is correct. You know? We have to have something wrong with us, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Mate, give us a uh, give us a, a touch on. So you've got your own summit that you are running, and we want to try and get into that um, and make that as understandable as possible because it's literally just discussing what we've just discussed. The whole point of what I understand and what I gather and what we talked about is that is the reason why you want to do it. No bullshit, sales gimmicky, you know, upsell, upsell fucking summits where you got to buy the rest later. You know, here's the light version. You got to pay for the lock and key. You want to educate coaching at a real level and just be transparent about it. So give us a rundown about that so we can direct people there. Uh, so it's pretty simple. It's just basically, it's a two day event. I host it in Vegas. I just, I think Vegas is just a cool town. And if you live in America, it's pretty easy to fly there because it's a pretty accessible airport. Um, and I like it because the way that I did it, it was, it was very communicative. So everybody gets breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and then happy hour included in their ticket. Mm -hmm. So it gives everybody a chance to not only actually hang out with one another in between sessions, but all the speakers, they don't have this like celebrity status to where like they're, they're on stage. Like, I don't even do like an MC. Like people that just literally walk into a room, there's somebody on stage, they put up a presentation, they start educating, there's 15 to 20 minutes of Q&A, and then the people fuck off and then they go into the crowd. Like wow. this isn't like, oh my God, like let's let's do the Michael Jordan 96 Chicago Bulls entry music and let's get them all fired up. Like and no disrespect, obviously, the coach catalyst because they did that kind of thing. I don't even do that. Yeah, I want I want all of my value to the people in those seats to be from the material presented by the people yeah. on stage, because I, I handpick all the educators and I want to make sure that sometimes these people are not even prominent. Some, some of these people only have four or five thousand followers on Instagram. Nobody's ever heard of them, but they're just smart in what they do. And they're, in my opinion, they're the expert in their field. Let them educate. Um, and then everybody eats together. They drink together. The presenters sit with the attendees. Like everybody's just rubbing elbows and talking and communicating and making relationships. And then at night we drink together. And it's yeah. not like it's a VIP ticket or it's all, it's like everybody's included. There's no VIPs. There's no specialty. There's no seclusion. It's all yeah. inclusive. So I want that to be the spirit because I've been to too many events yeah. where at lunch you run off with your own click and you don't meet anybody else or yeah. the presenters feel like they're so far away and they're so inaccessible that like they're celebrity status and they're unattainable. I wanted to remove all those barriers to just make it as comfortable as possible at a very reasonable price. That's what I think I've created. I lost money on it this year. Hopefully I won't lose as much money on it this year. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, we record it like we recorded last year. We'll record this year. And it's nice. They do a nice job. They put the PDF next to the video. So it is a pretty decent way to educate yourself if you can't come. Obviously, I mean, I've actually had people from Australia reach out wanting to come. And they're like, well, I, just, I can't make it work. It's too long of a trip. Yeah. Like, cool. Wait six months for the recordings to come out. There'll be a hundred bucks. Just buy them then learn from those people. And what it does is I think it also allows me to showcase people in the field that other people don't know about yet. Yeah. Yeah. Like I had 24 presenters in March of this year and I would say 10 out of the 24, that was their first speaking engagement in public ever. That's awesome. 
and it was great to just see these people become all of a sudden like somebody like one yeah. event and they got put on the map which was cool it's like i'm giving people an opportunity and then everybody's always like are you going to speak at the event i'm like you hear me speak on instagram every day you don't even hear me speak at the event yeah, yeah. i'm just yeah I'm just the person running around in the background, making sure you're having a good time. It's like, I just, I want to throw a party. Yeah. Like I want it's it to an be educational a party. party. I don't want it to be like this stuffy thing where like we're regurgitating the same bullshit from last yeah. year's event. And it's all the same speakers. And I don't pay any of the speakers either. Like I cover their hotel rooms and that's the best I can do. And they all know that yeah. it's not a for-profit event. I don't make any fucking money off of it. So it's just, it's just very much grassroots. And I can, I hope I can keep doing this forever until I'm gone. Um, but we'll see. Yeah, I like that. I respect that. It was something interesting to us coming over there is like summits and seminars and presentations are nowhere near as big here in Australia. They're very few and far between, but when they are on, it's a lot of like, it's a lot of, here's the extras elsewhere. Like here's the upsells, here's the extras included. Like if you want to go go sign up to my my published article, release research, blah, blah, blah. Like there's not a heavy amount of them, at least at the level where you'd see the advertisement. Hearing uh, the way you guys discuss summits and seminars and presentations and workshops, it's like it's like it's like festival season for you guys over there. It's like there's a whole season dedicated. It's like oh, I've got like ten x like workshops this month that we're going to. And I'm like fucking what? But like it it was a surprise to me because I was in the elevator. I mean, like me and Brooklyn were walking back from the presentation, and I was jumping in the elevator, and obviously I had my my tag on, and um, some of the attendees were in the audience are like, oh, you presenting? And like like. You speaking tomorrow? When are you speaking? And I was like, I'll oh, speak tomorrow, man. Like, I'll be talking. Um, I think I'm like third last or something. I'm like, oh, what are you talking about? Like, I can't wait to hear it. And I'm like, you have questions now. Like, I'm like, is this? Not, I don't know how this works, but I don't know if I'm supposed yeah. to hold value from you or not. But like, if you got questions now, dude, like, I, I could stay and chat. We're not doing much. Like, I'm gonna go train, but like, you're here to learn, and I've been invited here to teach. So it kind of makes sense that I teach you. But I'm like, yeah, it's, it. There definitely was a like, not from Coach Catalyst as as the way they ran it but more so the attendees that it's commonplace to feel like you have to be separate from the presenter. And yes. that to me was quite surprising because I was in the audience. I was just chilling out. And I'm like, you know, I spent more time just chatting shit with the the speakers and people in the audience that I saw or was like had, had met across the weekend. I was like, just fucking, I'm here to talk. I've literally come across the, the, the world to be here. So I'm not going to say, hey, wait till I'm back to talk to me again. So, you know, that was it was quite interesting to see that that must be a quite a commonplace in a lot of presentations, which I think, the summit did a very good job of, of like hyping the speakers up and getting that energy flowing, but then letting them engage afterwards or be present when they're still there. Like I saw a lot of the speakers stay the whole weekend and that to yeah. me was like, you know, that meant that I got to connect with them, but then it meant also that the audience got to connect with them. That was one of the first events I've been to in probably the last seven years in which almost all the speakers were present the entire time and were actually engaged in the audience. That was what, and it, so I had, so Cav, Trevor, Kane, all the Coach Catalyst guys were at my event in March. Yeah. So they were there, same thing, like same type of immersion. And that's what, I, and I think what they saw at my event was that that is the way that the people really enjoy it because the people always feel like they're so disconnected from the people on stage. Yeah. Like I went to a presentation once or an event once where like Lane Norton was there, Holly Baxter was there. Yeah. And people were running up to them. They were like taking pictures with them. It's like they, you thought that the fucking rock was there. And I'm like, stop like trying to like post about your picture with Lane on Instagram. Ask Lane why he doesn't believe in reverse diving. Yeah. Like ask him questions about why he's so good at what he does. Like don't just try to snap a picture with him to make yourself seem important. Yeah. Like don't ride their 
popularity because if Lane Norton walks out of this room, nobody knows who the fuck he is. Yes, exactly right. Nobody knows who he is. Like if he walks out into Times Square, New York, not one person would be like, oh my God, that's Lane Norton. Like it's not like if Jackie Chan was walking down the street, you'd probably yep. recognize him. And even then, now he probably looks like shit. But like, let's use The Rock, for example. Like if The Rock was walking down the street, there would be a thousand people asking for autographs. Nobody's asking Lane Norton outside of a fitness conference for an autograph. Exactly. So use that time with these presenters wisely and pick their brains and ask them about systems and ask them about the nuances of science that you don't understand. And I'm sure they would be more than happy to explain that stuff to you because that's their wheelhouse. Yeah. They love that shit. That's what made that it'll make them remember why they started in this business before the stardom and before the money. And that's what I'm really trying to recreate in my event is this environment of like, we're all on the same page. If you have 150,000 followers and you're a presenter, you're no fucking better than the woman that just started coaching last week. Yeah. Because you were in that seat at one exactly. point. Yeah. And that's where you started. So you better give back to that person because that makes our industry better as a whole. Yeah, that's, that's that's a big a big philosophy that I hold true as well. Like the reason why I want to give so much education and so much value is that, well, we as a system, when I die and take it with me, who does that serve? When it's gone, it's I haven't left anything behind. I haven't recorded anything, shared anything. I haven't upskilled anyone. Who does that teach? What does that do? It doesn't give anything to anyone for the future. They've all got to start again from where I started. The whole point of coaching, the whole point of of advancing knowledge, is that I shouldn't be having I shouldn't be a chip on my shoulder. The fact that a new coach is coming up probably faster than me. The fact is that I should be encouraging them to learn as much, like explode faster than me, but learn as well along the way so that we can shortchange that distance. You don't have to spend 10 years studying and, and experiencing and working through like I did to or continue to study to get to this knowledge base. You should, I want you to have it sooner so then your knowledge base goes faster and you can teach the next person after you. And we're so caught up in this idea of like, I've got to keep the secrets to me and you got to pay for it behind a paywall and it's got to be in this program and I'll only pay when you when you give me this. Like, there's always people to sell to. There's always going to be products. There's always going to be things that people want need to buy. Like we said, at a certain point, you can't do it by yourself. It's taken you 30 years to get this level of obesity. Do you think you're going to get that off in 30 days? No. So they're going to come. But when we put all the knowledge behind this restriction, it's not helping anyone. It's not like, do we really want the next generation of coaches to go through the same thing we did? No. Like, why the fuck would you? It's the same equivalent of, like, of coaching young athletes. Like, do you really want to go through the same problems I did when we can make that faster? Like you can make those mistakes sooner to learn faster, to improve and get better. I, I want to, as a performance coach, get to a point where I can say, look, I went through life and I had these experiences and I've studied these things so that you don't have to do them. I can help you optimize. Like it's better if you do experience adversity because I believe that builds a lot of character, but sure. good adversity, not the adversity where it's like, I want to kill myself right now because this is too much. Like if we can structure that adversity exposure and those pushes the boundaries, because I've been through there, I know what it's like. That's a lot better system than just being like, oh, figure it out on your own. Like, what sort of coach is that? That's not a coach. That's not an educator. That's not someone who's going to provide. So, you know, very much a, a similar philosophy to me is, is looking at the fact that we're trying, we should be constantly trying to give back to where the foundation came from or the start because we've all been there. I'm like, we shouldn't be looking at ourselves as like these top of the mountain better people because there's coaches who just started. Or might not might not know, might not understand. People don't know what they don't know. People don't know that people don't know what they definitely don't know. And sometimes they don't even know what they think they know. So if we only spend that arrogance and ego on, well, I'm better than you because I know more. Well, then why don't we make them better? Like yeah. that serves everyone collectively. They're not going to take my clients. I guarantee you. What makes me a unique a unique coach? You're not stealing because that's what no. makes me a unique coach. That's no. how that is. So me worrying about whether I've educated you a bit more is just a moot point in my opinion. I couldn't agree with you more, man. And I'm so happy that 
at least the people of Australia have somebody like you over there speaking the truth and telling them the right way to do things because there's plenty of charlatans across the pond as well. <laughs> Mate, oh, we could have spent a whole podcast going down that avenue. Um, all right, so a couple things just to finish off because we're going to be here for four hours if we really wanted to be. Let's be very real. Um, there is a, a very uh, near and dear charity organization to yourself that we you discussed at the coach cattle summit do you want to discuss it here we can definitely go down that road if you want to um yeah yeah um so no more tears usa.org is the website they are a organization that helps the victims of human trafficking globally so it's not i mean they're they're located in miami that's where they operate out of but i know that the the founder of the organization just came back from Europe because she had a lead on a family that was trafficked uh, and ended up in Europe. And then she just got, she just went over there with a team and they just brought them back. Oh, wow. So their reach, their reach is pretty international. So it's an organization that's completely funded by donations. You can actually choose what aspect of the care process that you can donate into. So you can donate into the mental health component. You can donate into the testing component of people, because obviously these people are, you know, having all sorts of health issues as well. So you can decide where the money gets placed. And that's a, that I think is cool because you're not, it's not like I'm donating to the red cross and then you have no idea where the money is. 75% of fucking... it goes to the CEO. <laughs> exactly. No, she, and she even says the C, the founder of the organization, she's like, I got plenty of money. I don't need your money. I just need the organization needs your money. Um, and she doesn't make a dollar off of it. So it's just, it's a cause that I think globally we really need to be aware of and really pour our hearts and souls into because people really are suffering from this stuff and this is a real problem that doesn't get enough light shed on it so i think that anybody that's going to start to at least look at this thing as a problem so no no tears usa no more tears usa.org is the uh website um yeah and that's that's the only thing i really care about I'm not trying to save the manatees <laughs> Let's start um, with let's start with humans first. Pete, Peter's going to cancel you. That's not good enough. You got to care okay. about everything at all times, forever. I care about my dogs. That counts. So one thing that I counts. found interesting with with Americans, I, it's it's kind of over here. It's not quite as bad, but it's like if your care isn't towards the, that specific care of that person, then you're a piece of shit because you don't have the same virtue as them. That that mm. blows my mind as a concept. Like your care isn't my thing that I care about, so therefore you're a bad person. What? <laughs> Good stuff. Sound makes Dude, sense. We, uh, we got we got problems, man. <laughs> we, we got problems. Yeah, yeah there's, 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 there's too few re- people I care about to care about your opinion, love. Trust me. Oh man, there's a reason why at seven o'clock at night I smoke pot. <laughs> oh, I love it. All right, to wrap it up, what's one recommended reading book, audible, audible, audiobook, whatever it is that you would give our clients to read that you would suggest that they look into that we can add to the website file? I don't know if you've already done this one, but Hungry Brain. Oh, no, I haven't. Hungry Brain by Stefan, Stefan, Stefan or Stefan Guillenay. I'd have to check the spelling out. If I just look up Hungry Brain, I think that's going to be the easiest way to find it. But it talks about um, the chemical and psychological disposition of eating patterns and why obesity is not always just a choice, right? Because obesity is oftentimes linked to being a disorder of laziness when in reality there are chemical components and psychological components that drive hunger and fullness and this book goes into the weeds on how those mechanisms work it's really cool i like it yeah definitely intriguing read yeah 
Well, make sure to add that to the list. Thank you, sir. I appreciate yes. your time because we would no doubt be here for another freaking two hours if we if we had the time. But uh, yeah, every detail, where do we find you? How do we find your links and all that sort of jazz, podcast, YouTube? What do we got? All, everything's on Instagram. So four weeks to the beach, the number four, the number two weeks to the beach on Instagram is where you'll see like the event website, my website, the podcast link. So everything is there. If you need anything from me, just DM me. Um, send me $4 immediately so I know that you're serious. <laughs> you have to immediately send me $4 before I open up the DM. That's only how I work. Um, you know, what's, what's, what's that immediate Venmo, cash exchange? Yeah. Yeah, Venmo. Venmo, yeah. So the funny thing is, is before we end in San Diego, when I first got here at the gym, what I heard, there was a rumor going around. There's a lot of guys that would go into the gym and they went there on purpose because it's a bodybuilding gym. And some of the best bodybuilders in the world have gone through there. Like Sergio Oliva Jr. was in there for a while. Um, Keon, the prodigy. I don't know if you know who he is. Yeah, he goes oh, yeah, in there yeah. all the time. So a lot of times there'd be like lay people that would go in there and they would ask people for advice. And a lot of these fucking charlatans and hustlers would be like, before I give you advice on my arm workout, send me 20 bucks on them. So they would literally be ripping people off inside the gym to get in passing advice on why they're doing a curl a certain way. And until that person then wrote them the money, they wouldn't talk to them. That's how shitty people are. Just, just another reason for you to get upset. That's the reason we need to exist, right? Like, <laughs> Can you imagine suck. going to the gym and having somebody come up to you and be brave enough to ask you a question and then you charging them for passing advice? The level of humility that I get if someone goes through our gym, because we got a lot of like, I, we train at a very specific gym here in Brisbane. We got a lot of clients that go that we recommend the gym because it's so good. So we have like a decent presence there. But like if someone is just a follower, a listener, a, a viewer of the YouTube videos, my training footage, whatever, if they have the time to come up to me after a set and like, I don't care if I'm out of breath or I'm gasping for air, but like they'll point at me and be like, Oh, you're Ben, right? Or like, Oh, I follow you on Instagram. Like I am so humbled by that. Like I feel cringe saying yes. Cause I'm like, I, I'm nobody. I literally just love what I do and give it away for free. Like that means nothing to anyone. But the fact that you've like identified me and pointed out been like, Oh, you're the guy on the video over there. And I'm like, yeah, but we paid to make that video. It's not important. It's just, I want to give away more free shit. Like that's, I'm paying to give you free stuff. That's what that that's what that YouTube video is. So like to me to have people approach me like that and ask questions like I you've taken the time to watch my stuff. I should give you an answer. Like that's you've invested your time already regardless of whether you spent money. Like I've already taken up your time. So here's another answer that you can have. Yeah, man. Well, thanks for doing the way that you do things because we need that. We need more and more of it. I'm hoping that people like you in our industry start to grow faster and faster because A, you earned it. B, you're doing it the right way. And the problem is, is that you're not showcased enough, right? We see all the bullshit, the charlatans, the the young LA outfit salesmen and everything else, but we don't see enough people the like you posters. out there. So as much, if we can get the educators to become influential, then I think our business will change. If we can get the influencers to not be influencers anymore, then I think we're going to make the thing be better. We can just make influencer less of a term and less of a career path. That would be fantastic. Well, NASM has to take that out of their fucking curriculum. <laughs> you know that that's a thing, right? What? No, I don't. Na I the know. National Academy of Sports Medicine in the United States has a $299 course on how to become an influencer. Oh, shut the fuck up. Yep. The you certification class that I took for exercise fizz to become a trainer at CPT now sells a $299 influencer course. Oh, Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. More oh, reason for you to be upset. <laughs>
why, why do we live in this world? <laughs> It'd be so much easier just to get a stockbroking or fucking trade or I don't know, selling bitcoins. I want to be a kangaroo in my next life. Honestly, man, like their mTOR signaling, I want to be a fucking kangaroo. Like those those guys become a big red, bro. Like yeah. I don't know if you saw my story. Like there's a couple of Americans are blown away that we eat a kangaroo. Like we eat it over here. It's like the only country in the world that eats a national emblem, but it's like. It's the leanest source of jacked protein you're going to get. It's like a tough meat. Yeah. Like we took, we put it in kangaroo, we put it in the burger patties, we put it in the sausages, we put it into mince, we put it into like steaks. Fantastic. Yeah, jacked I mean that's what you so. said. You were on prep. You're uh, when you're on prep, you're on a kangaroo, right? Exactly. Like yeah. a lot of like Americans, you guys don't have a meat quite as lean, so you'll either go to like chicken or you'll go to um, like your know, fish. Man, if it wasn't so expensive, I'd run kangaroo every meal. Is it expensive? Yeah, it, it gets pretty exy. Like. Per kilogram, you might look at like twenty bucks for mince, but like oh. burger patties, like you might get a four pack for like nine dollars. So it's a it's a it's a luxury in its flavor and protein quality. So it's like you kind of pay for what you get, but at the same time, you do have to pay for it. Yeah, it's not like chicken, which is just over farmed and garbage half the time. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, my good friend, that is it from us. I appreciate your time. Thank you so much for jumping on, man. It's been an absolute pleasure, and I look forward to um, us catching up more and more. Please send me nudes. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>